Hey everyone, Justin here with Whitetail Theories Podcast on the mic today, doing something a little different here. Uh, this is a first for me. Uh, we have some of our field staff on, Emily and Sammy. What is going on? Not good. How you doing? Good. I am doing good. What are y'all up to? Literally sitting around waiting for this moment. <laughs> You guys been doing much hunting? Um, I have been doing some, not nearly as much as I would like to. Um, just moved states, new jobs, so just all of those uh, those fun first feelers, and uh, you know, still still doing some scouting, but getting out on the weekends as much as I can. What about yeah, you, been, Sammy? Like, hunt oh, um. I, I'm currently actually in the middle of rutcation. Um, so, yeah, I don't have a whole week to be out there. Um, shot a doe in October, doing some pheasant hunts with the dog. I've, again, I feel like I'm never out there as much as I want to be. So, it is what it is. <laughs> we no, make the I, most of the time we have. I totally get that. And uh, for the listeners here, Sammy and Emily have been in Serviceside for a while now. They actually met through Serviceside. We're going to go all into that. Um, but they are two of the ladies on the team that I know I talk to often. Um, you know, we have, you know, we have a, a, a good bit of females, obviously not as much as males because we both know that, you know, we all three know that that's, it's kind of like, that's kind of what you see is just the you know everything's catered toward males and 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 male hunting so we kind of wanted to switch it up a little bit with this episode um and get one out for the ladies um things that um out you know as we talked about things women hunters want to know besides where to pee and what kind of clothes to wear so we figured we'd do a little bit better episode here and uh go into a little more detail on some things so i appreciate both y'all being on happy to be here so all right how we start each episode here is uh we're gonna get to know y'all a little bit better here get our listeners to know y'all um so whoever wants to go first but tell us about uh you know how long you've been hunting how you got into hunting um and then uh the next one can go Sammy, do you want to go first or would you like me to go first Did we lose you? Um, I don't know if we lost Sammy or not. Wait, are you guys there? I'm sorry. Let that cut out for me. Oh, I'm no, so you're, you're fine. I was just saying you guys will go ahead and uh, segue into this, get the listeners to get to know y'all a little bit better. Um, how did you get started out into hunting? How long have you been hunting? Um, so this is currently my eighth season hunting. Um, I come from a family that, has never hunted. I think my brother went duck hunting twice in his life. Um, I still remember the day he brought home a shotgun and my mom insisted that, you know, the gun be kept in the basement, the ammo be kept in the attic. Um, so I was kind of the first hunter in my family. I started off um, just wanting to do a little bit of target shooting. And I've always loved the outdoors and just working on a golf course and seeing the amount of deer on there. I kind of, you know, thought to myself, oh, hey, you know, that might be something I'm a little interested in. Um, 
just, you know, get me outside in that off season, that fishing off season. And uh, I took to it pretty, pretty hard. Um, didn't really foresee myself being a hunter or liking it, but now uh, it's pretty, pretty tough to get me out of the woods. <laughs> and how old were you when you, when you kind of picked it up? Oh, I was uh, 21. 21. Yeah, I was, I was definitely later, later in life. Um, you know, like I said, my, my parents didn't hunt. They grew up in a tackle shop and, uh, you know, I, I was target shooting since 19, you know, so I was doing it for about two years. And, uh, after that, I kind of just wanted to take it to the next level and, uh, you know, just see if it was something I would be interested in. And I mean, it, it really took off. I, I thoroughly enjoy sitting out there every chance that I can get. And, you know, most days I'm happiest just watching the birds fly by. I get that. You're definitely doing it right then for sure. I tell people all the time when they go out there, like if you're, if you're not, if you're not out there and you're not enjoying yourself, I mean, don't get me wrong. I went on a, a hunt this weekend in Minnesota and I was missing some birds. I, I'm so used to hunting turkey and, you know, turkey's my thing and I don't do much with waterfowl that I just assumed that, you know, if you can shoot a turkey, you can shoot a duck. Uh, but turkeys aren't really, like, zigzagging in the air, oh, you know, no. 100 miles an hour. <laughs> so, um, you know, I got humbled very fast. And, you know, that's one thing I told myself was, like, you know, keep that positive attitude. And the guy I was hunting with, Greg, same same deal. He was saying it, too. He's like, hey, man, it happens. I'm like, yeah, it sucks missing and stuff. And, you know, you don't want to miss because um, you don't know, too, if you're going to get that opportunity again. So, um, but... You know, we both talked and got us back in that mindset, and that's when you know, like, you're doing it for the right reasons, and you're out there for, you know, a little bit more than just killing something or or taking away from something. You're, you know, you're out there for your like your peace of mind. I'm I'm pretty sure my first time duck hunting too was a disaster. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I got the uh, like, oh yeah, you got one. And, yeah, uh, I didn't actually get one. You did, and they kind of like drop a little bit, but. That's just because they're like dodging so, you. Yeah, yeah. We have a uh, we have a lot of different a uh, lot of different ducks here on the east coast, and uh, I I was the opposite from you. So shooting a turkey for me um, was totally different than shooting a duck. I was kind of leading it like a duck, and uh, the first time I shot at a turkey, I was way off. The second time I shot at a turkey, I was way off, and. Uh, Sammy and Joey sat me down, the same thing, positive attitude. We went, we worked through everything, and, uh, you know, everything, oh, well, everything came together pretty, pretty nice. Yeah. But we will there get to that story. That's one of my favorite hunt stories of all time. Yeah, we're definitely going to go into that in detail. But, Sammy, how did you yeah. how did you get started out in hunting? Um, My dad, like, brought me up around firearms from probably I learned firearm safety before I think most kids learn their ABCs um nice. and we I don't know he, he never really hunted or anything like that he'd go into the range with him a lot as a kid and it wasn't actually until I met Joey my husband that I just I wanted to do it um I was a vegetarian when we met and we had a deal, like, he would try vegan food if I tried venison, and the joke is that I never went back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't shoot my first deer until I was 24, um, but I shot my first season before that. I actually started turkey, which is weird for a lot of people. I 
I don't know, anyone I talked to was like, yeah, you know, it's always the old slug gun, you know, going out there in November. And I was right. like, <laughs> it was a turkey. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, from there, turkey, pheasant, whitetail, um, but everything else is either with my 20 gauge and, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> Nice. So you guys both started started hunting pretty late, and it definitely sounds like you both really didn't have an interest before then about it. Was it? Would you say it's like just the thrill of doing something new, or or was it just like the the you know being able to provide like your own game? Did you guys kind of have like a little? I wouldn't say reasoning behind it, but was there any more to it than that? Um, I mean. Go ahead, Em. I, uh, I grew up in a really small town on Long Island that was seasonal, and there was literally nothing to do. Um, and when I say, like, everything was kind of, like, a half hour away, like, any major, like, stores or anything. So it was just, like, essentially, like, just something for me to do in the wintertime. Right, okay. It's very seasonal. Um, like I said, I target shot, and I just thought that it would be something I would enjoy I didn't really have a plan to go out there and say you know yeah I didn't even think I would like venison um you know I had it when I started hunting like that was kind of the rule like all right you have to know if you're gonna like it before you start doing it you know before you actually start harvesting these animals and uh it wasn't it wasn't bad and I said all right I can kind of see myself doing this and you know providing you know providing food throughout the year I mean, that's, and what about you, Sammy? Did you kind of have, was it kind of like the same thing or was it just because of Joey? Um, I, first of all, I don't think there's anything, and Emily has because of Joey. <laughs> um, I love him so much. Um, <laughs> but I, I think for me, like, I identify with, like, the hippie hunter mentality where it's like, I don't know. It, it might sound really corny and I don't care, but it's like a connection to like earth. Like it feels really cool to just be out there and have a reason to be out there. Like, you know, yeah, I'm here to, to hunt. I'm here to make something happen, but it's like, of oh my God, look at those squirrels fighting over there. Or like, wow, I just watched a raccoon climb down from a tree at sundown. Like that's awesome. Like those little things um, are why I do it and aside from I don't know I'm not really a factory farm supporter so being able to fill my like fill my freezer with something that I know I did you know I I went out there like I, I that's really important yeah no for sure I, I get it I, I get both sides uh you know I that's I mean even though I started hunting younger it was you know you still had to like it and I did it because it was something to do in the winter and everyone was kind of doing it and it was traditional and you know it was fun and it was cool to go out and you know things like that the, the culture the camaraderie you know we'd always eat lunch after we'd go to a gas station and get like chicken and a beer and you know all that other stuff and then and then the other side of it too like knowing where your food comes from being connected with you know, being out there. I think that's why I like Florida so much is because I enjoy how the wilderness is like laid out and like how it like acts on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think that, that I like that. 
Um, up north, it was just too open and spaced out and quiet for me. Down here, it's always loud and, uh, you know, lots of vegetation and, and things like that. But um, so whoever wants to start, I know where we got, you know, you guys aren't together um, in the same home right now. You guys are we're on two separate calls here. So it's a little harder to jump in. So whoever wants to go first, always feel free just to jump in and um, you know, whoever wants to go next, but, um, what do you both primarily, like, what kind of hunting, like, type do you primarily do, and what both for your target species you usually go after? Sammy, would you like to go first? No, you, I think I like this whole thing where you've been going. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Pressure's on. Um, so, I primarily do bow, um, that's my, uh, that's my, you know, I guess preferred, preferred hunting type. Um, definitely feel a little bit more like connected with that rather than a uh, a gun. And plus, you know, like I said, grew up in a small town. Um, I actually wasn't allowed to rifle hunt at all where I'm from. Um, and the season was a lot shorter for a slug gun. It was the only type of um like rifle you could use other than a black powder so the season was so short i figured i'd get the most you know bang for my buck out of the bow for lack of a better term and uh just primarily whitetail where i'm from they're just overrunning overpopulating um that island so it was uh it was definitely a lot easier to get out in the woods and a lot easier to learn uh whitetail whitetail habits than it was for anything else we didn't have pheasants we didn't have a really long turkey season like sammy does um duck hunting yeah, was you only had a youth season out there yeah the that. longest time we only had a youth season for turkey to duck hunt out here it was very very difficult um you had assigned spots and a lot of people um a lot of the old timers had multiple spots and you know it, it's just it wasn't it wasn't as easy to get out there and do it as it was with a bow and arrow in the woods. Um, I would have loved to get a little bit more into waterfowl. Uh, you know, I'm sure my dog would have loved a little bit more getting into waterfowl <laughs> as well. Um, but we, we did what we could and, you know, it's just primarily bow for me. And what about you, Sammy? Um, it's not for, it's funny because it's not even for a lack of like, a gun season up where I'm from. Um, I'm like, for reference, an hour or so north of New York City. Um, we have a regular uh, shotgun or rifle season. Um, but I mean, we go out gun season, like the opening weekend, because it's tradition. I feel like we're cheating on our bows. And we just go right back out there with the bow. Like the next time we go out. Um, so even though we have like a, a longer regular season, like I still feel I predominantly bow hunt. Like I can comfortably say that. Um, turkey is always going to be that's that's my first love. Turkey hunting, um, <laughs> probably my favorite season. Um, and then deer season, and obviously mixed in with that, we have a little upland. Um, I have a lab, so we do some pheasant hunting and stuff. Ruger does the pheasant hunting. You don't do the pheasant hunting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Ruger does the pheasant grabbing when they're still in the brush and retrieving them. 
Ruger saves us ammo. Like it's it's funny. He's a good. He's dog. the best gun dog out there. And <laughs> I know. I know both Absolutely. of your husbands. Uh, they both hunt also, right? And and y'all go together. Um. So my husband does, and my husband has since he was. Um, oh my gosh, I don't even know. He he was a kid shooting squirrels with a slingshot in the backyard. Uh, um, so he's kind of like picture Joey being that. <laughs> right. So he's you know, essentially raised in the woods. Um, it makes this it's so much easier because it's like all right. Well, there's a cold front coming in, and <laughs> what do you think I want to do tomorrow? Uh, we joke that we have, like, date night in different trees. So, like, we could be, like, miles away from each other, and it's, like, peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my uh, my boyfriend does it occasionally. He does uh, he does that with a shotgun every now and then. Um he he hasn't gotten anything yet, so I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping this year we can make that happen, happen for him, get him on a deer finally, um, or even a turkey because Connecticut has a longer turkey season. You have turkey season. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like you're in like a unique situation. You're kind of like a lot of the teaching, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he doesn't. He's not as serious about it as. I am. I mean, he goes out there. He makes the effort. Um, last year, I was lugging my camo. Um, I'm from Long Island. He was in Connecticut. I was lugging my camo across the ferry to come out with him to hunt on the weekends. And, you know, my camo bag's pretty big. Um, so, you know, everyone's staring at me. I got the dog. I got this big bag of camo. I got, you know, my overnight bag. And, you know, but we, we weren't able to do it. And I mean, to, to be fair, he's got, you know, he's got a lot of other stuff going on. So it's kind of he goes out when he gets the chance, and I think uh, I think this year he's gonna finally connect with something. I'm feeling good about it. Well, I mean, it's good that you know. I mean, the the main thing is it's something that y'all can do together. I mean, whether you do it all the time or every once in a while, or you know, even if it's just a special time and you go. I've been talking Christy into probably going out duck hunting, but she's not gonna do any anything else. But she does go fishing, so you know, you kind of gotta take. She, she enjoys fishing, so, you know, you, I kind of take what, what each, not everyone, you know, I'll go out there and sit 10, 12 hours and be the happiest I've ever been. I know that's not everyone's bag, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about that, like, you gotta, like, acknowledge everybody's, like, threshold of how much outdoors, you know, moderate that a little bit. Like, yeah, you might be able to sit out there for 12 hours, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing with Andrew, too. When I told him, I, I said, you know, hey, I'll help you, but, you know, I don't expect you. Because I used to do the same thing, like, straight out there from, you know, 4 a.m. until, you know, 5, 6 p.m. I obviously don't expect him to do that. So, I mean, however much effort he wants to put in, you know, that's great. And he, he enjoys the outdoors, too. So he just likes being out there, watching everything, you know, watching the squirrels, watching the birds. So Yeah, no, I mean, that's, you know, that's as, great. No, that's that's really good. I mean, having a having a similar hobby like hunting definitely helps because they the person gets it too. So if you're off work and you want to go or, you know, whatever, I'm sure there will be a rivalry once he does start dropping stuff, and you guys will be, who's gonna get the most meat for the freezer? Who's gonna get the biggest buck? <laughs> well, I think he's I think... already he, he's tired of getting outfished by her. That's <laughs> oh, fired. Um, <laughs> I, I think he, he's, he's just going to be happy to get one. I mean, that's that's really what it is. Um, 
Yeah, thankfully he's not. He he knows that I'm the uh, I'm the deer getter. <laughs> he knows. He does. <laughs> but thankfully he accepts. He doesn't get you know. He, he accepts it. <laughs> hey, that's good. With a very good well, attitude. <laughs> well, that's happened with like Joey over time too. Like he's adapted and evolved into kind of like a a little bit of a trophy hunter. Where, like, I go out there, I want to eat. Right. So like. October, it's like any good sized doe that steps in front of me is going to get the business because that's, you know, that's. Well, I've been told before no does, you know, during October. I've had people tell me, like, you do not shoot, shoot a doe in October. You wait until, like, November until the rut. So there have been plenty of times where I've been told, no, you can't shoot that. Don't shoot that. Don't do this. Oh, yeah, don't bring this home. I don't, so, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't personally, I don't know the science behind it. I don't go off that because I look at it like this. They have a much higher chance of being pregnant in November than they do in, in October. So, I, uh, yeah. you know, I look at it like get it out the way now because two, they start noticing things. They're not going to notice a doe missing in October, but you better right. bet you they're going to miss that doe, especially if they've already mated with her or know she's there. I just feel like, cause you know how the rut turns on this one minute they're chilling in bachelor parties and the next you snap their fingers and they're, you know, they're sniffing around and peeing on everything, making scrapes and stuff. So. Right. No, Joey actually writes on our calendar. Like October is for the does. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we get them into, it takes the pressure off for me personally. I like to fill the freezer and then I'm like, you know what? Now, I don't yes. feel like a uh, like a crunch time win to hurry up and get meat. And... It was definitely uh, last year was we had an early season on Long Island two weeks in September and I shot a doe and then I shot another doe in October and it definitely relieved a lot of the pressure. Like it let me just kind of you know slip through the season um, without a worry. Um, I did have. Sammy and Joey down for a couple of days during their rotation and I actually felt kind of guilty because I was sitting there and I was like yeah you know what I don't even have to shoot anything and I'm just playing tour guide um and then I had a doe walk on there and I was like yeah no I already got two in the freezer and I had a buck walk on there and I was like well you know tempting and just split second decision to take it um but yeah that's probably um the earliest that shot a, a buck was when was that? That was like November sixth last year, November fifth last year. I'm just getting like the memories back, but I think that was the earliest that I shot a deer was, you know, the one in the September and the one in October season the does and like, like I said, it just gave me like enough like to float through the whole rest of the season and actually pick and choose and you know not have to sit there in December and worry about you know the last couple of weeks of the season. Am I gonna actually like take enough? you know, need to save me the rest of the year. Right. Yeah, I don't like yeah, that's that. That, that's September, that September season was crazy. Like, Joey and I went through this whole thing about, like, trying not to get married during deer season. And then New York is like, hey, 10-day season in September. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I told her, I said, I will not go to your wedding if it's during deer season. Love you, but not doing it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then you showed up basically with deer blood under your fingernails. It was great. <laughs> that's how it's done. So that's that's actually a great, great time to segue into the beginning of this as far as the topic of stranger danger of how did you guys meet? Like, how did you actually meet? Facebook. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I actually had um, 
a couple of years ago, like two, three, what is it, two, three years? Three years now? Two years? Oh, no, we met How, during the pandemic. Yeah, so I had, um, I had an injury, like, on my shoulder, and um, I was looking at different release types, um, mostly because I had my release at that point um, ever since I got my first bow. So I've had that release for probably about um, eight years since I was shooting, target shooting longer than I was hunting. And um, I was doing a lot of research into like back tension and uh, thumb releases. And I, without understanding fully how much went into back tension, I was like, cool, I'm going to drop like $200 on a release. <laughs> and um, I admittedly didn't really know how it worked. And I couldn't quite figure it out. Um, it just seems like no matter what I did, I just couldn't get it to, you know, release. And, um, I wound up actually making a post in this Facebook group and the group was just formed and everybody was kind of feeling everybody out and seeing who was, you know, kind of at the same seriousness, at the same skill level, you know, we're, we're trying to just, just assess everybody. And, um, I made a we post, and I was like, I was like, okay, whoever, like, answers this post is probably going to be, like, somebody I want to pick their brain with. And um, Sammy chimed in, and she had a photo of her with a turkey over her shoulder. So I was like, all right, like, there's not a lot of turkey hunters, so, you know, I know that's a tough thing to do. Right, right. And um, she was like, oh, I have a thumb release from Carter, um... Like I can, Shout I can out still to Carter. love Shout Carter. Shout out Carter. It took like, yeah, it took like seven hundred bucks for me um, two seasons <laughs> ago. Because <laughs> I lost the release, so thank you, Carter. And then, and then the golf cart ran it over in the sand. Oh, oh, that was the worst. Uh, oh, Andrew got a Carter release for free. So, um, <laughs> so Sammy chimed in, and she's like, "I actually have COVID. It's coming up to turkey season, um, but I will film this for you." Uh, when I get a chance, um, but here's what I shoot, and here we are, however many years later, I still haven't gotten that video tutorial. Um, okay, so I, side, sidebar about the video tutorial, I had COVID at the time, and I had COVID before we knew what COVID was. Yeah, yeah, like, you were... I, I had one original version, no vaccine, nothing, and I was, like, dead to the world. So I'm making all these, like, keyboard promises to Emily. <laughs> about this video of me well how you're trying to survive <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile she's just trying to breathe and i'm like she's still like COVID. she went out turkey cutting <laughs> so i'm like <laughs> sitting here and i'm like trying to figure out like all right like maybe i like maybe i messed up somehow like maybe i just didn't approach her i was like all right she probably thinks i'm like this weirdo creep like messaging her whatever um and i actually filmed a video for her how i was like like hold it like I had like a string like a tension string like I filmed a video for her she was like oh these are points I know what you're doing wrong like I'll film the video and I was like oh well maybe I just creeped her out um and then after turkey season we just started talking and um a little bit more and another girl in the group um lived a little bit down the road from me and she was doing this oyster tour and Sammy said oh if I come down um you know, can we go, you know, can I crash on the couch? 
And I'm sitting here thinking, like, I don't know this woman. And she's like, she wants to come crash on my couch. And I admit, like, I lied to her. I was like, yep, yeah, no, can't. Sorry. Um, like, yeah, em- have, Emily have, had, like, have this... people staying over. Like, can't do it. <laughs> I really enjoyed how Emily, like, sought me out. We had all these Facebook conversations. Like, clearly was a real person. And well, when it okay, came so... to to go out there, Emily was like, no, you can try to maybe uh, um i want to meet you but like stay with someone else <laughs> yeah, well anyway she, she wound up staying with um one of our other really good friends julia um so i mean i guess that came out of it good um <laughs> but i remember the night before she was supposed to come down it was like 11 p.m and like i messaged her on instagram i was like you don't have my address you don't have my phone number are you coming down and oh, like, yeah. she's i was like... just about to drive to long island and be like emily <laughs> Emily, are you? <laughs> She's just gonna go down there and just have. And um, we we went fishing. We went on this uh, on this party boat, and you know we just took off from there. I mean, we've been pretty pretty consistently inseparable since. Um, you know, I mean, we we obviously live hours apart. She's about um, now two and a half hours uh, west of me. But uh, yeah, it was all over like a relief question essentially like how how does this piece of equipment work and you know kind of grasping how how everybody's knowledge was and who knew what and you know who's kind of serious in that group and you know we kind of kind of took who we wanted out of it and you know we have a, a couple a couple good friends from it now, from the obviously from the woman's perspective of having uh, you know someone you met online, because I mean I I meet up with people online all the time. I've been doing hunt links. I've probably done well into fifteen with fifteen complete strangers I've never met before, and um, I think on probably thirteen, twelve or thirteen of them, I've stayed either at their house, on their property, or in a camper, like on their property. Um, and, uh, a couple of them had to get a hotel rooms because, um, you know, renovations or my kid was sick or whatever. Um, but it wasn't many. So one of the things that went through my mind was, you know, are they a serial killer? You know, are they a crackhead? Like what's going to happen? <laughs> like, am I going to come into like a meth house? Like, I, I mean, things like that worry you cause you don't know that person, but you know, I, what I always did was I got to know him over a period of months to, you know, even upwards to years. Like me and Greg have been talking for over four years and we just met each other. Um, so I try to vent as much as you can, but obviously we've all seen catfish. Um, you know, we know, you know, there's people that talk, talk online for years and it's somebody completely different. But my question is, uh, as far as y'all were concerned, I mean, that's that's obviously uh, something that you had to keep top of mind was letting someone that you really didn't know come to your house then once you got to know them then you were able to make that decision i mean we i had seen where we put in this outline about you know you know human trafficking and the vetting process and the concerns of female hunters if you guys want to dive into that a little bit yeah i mean new york um over the years is one of the highest numbers of human trafficking um and, you know, worldwide, it's like 65% of human trafficking victims are women. So it's, I don't know, I think like women are differently. And this, this type of stuff starts in like childhood. The mess you see about, like, you know, we make the joke about stranger danger. But it's, it's real. Um, and, you know, we were joking a little bit before we, you know, before we started talking about 
Sandy in the van anymore. It's like, hey, come meet my dog. And how that, and it's, I mean, it sounds funny, but it's serious. Just yeah. how, you know, using things like that can kind of, um, I don't know, take the wall down a little bit. And people are a little bit more vulnerable when it comes to animals. So, I mean, Em and I both being dog owners, like that was, <laughs> I mean, it was a point of connection. Like, don't get me wrong, like, uh, Emily's dog, Rage, you know, does some waterfowl retrieves. Um, Em's had some pretty successful sitting on a bucket hunt, <laughs> you know, hunting over her, um, over some ponds and, you know, Ruger upland hunts. So that's always, you know, in our heads too, like, hey, you know, what pheasant hunt, like things like that. It's, right. I don't know. And we have like an image of dog owners of like wholesome, sweet people. So... <laughs> So it sounds like to me like the the also the the same interest kind of kind of had I mean it definitely sounds like you both were kind of I mean it doesn't sound like you were on his edge as much as you were Emily but you both kind of definitely had like your your guard up during this whole interaction because even you said talking online it's because I mean I'll be honest with you as a guy I would I would have never considered like the vetting process of talking online I just we just jump right into it I don't I mean maybe some people don't I've I've never even thought about it in that perspective I mean yeah you you definitely put a little bit more thought into it as a woman um just you know the fact that it can go downhill so quickly um you know I've I've talked with a lot of people online um in my you know day and age that I actually I've met Andrew online um and again yeah, so stranger danger um <laughs> like got on a ferry and trusted full-heartedly that this man would drop me off <laughs> um at the agreed upon time for me to go home <laughs> um and it's funny I actually like I feel like I vetted Sammy more than I vetted him <laughs> um I was just like at this point I was like all right yeah nobody's you know nobody's done anything yet let's just go <laughs> um I think we're like, I don't know, maybe this is, you know, speaking, you know, and like generalizing a little bit, but I think like as women, we're like, also convinced to be a little other. Yeah. And I don't know, like even just the way Emmy said it before, you know, when this group of women. Oh, I think you broke up there. I think you you broke oh. up there a little bit, Sammy. What'd you say? Oh, sorry. Um, my um, you know, who's on my level? Who can I relate to? Um, who, who can I learn from? You know? Yeah. Like, so even I definitely, like, yeah, I definitely think that like who's on my level and who like who probably most likely knows something that I don't know and how can we mutually benefit from this relationship? I think that was more Absolutely. so in my brain than anything. Um, you know, obviously there's always new hunters, but there's new hunters that want to learn and new hunters that don't want to learn and you just yeah. kind of get a feel for it. And I think um, if we were on two totally different like perspectives of hunting, like I don't think Sammy and I would have ever crossed paths i get that like no i can you know, i can understand that i uh i can totally understand that when you when you put it that way i mean there's i mean i do the same thing in certain ways i mean even when going to minnesota i was like you know hey i want to learn more about waterfowl hunting i want to learn about more about field hunting things like that and why not go with someone that you see you know like you had seen her 
profile picture had a turkey on her shoulder. So obviously you knew she dabbled in some type of turkey hunting. She knew something about turkey hunting. Turkeys are, you know, even if people always say something with such a small brain and it's so stupid. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, this animal is, is, you know, will shake you up, you know, real fast. Well, so. I learned that. I've been outsmarted by that walnut brain. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's humbling for sure when one does get you. I've been, got, I mean, I've had them where they've literally circled a call. Or they've literally circled you like a coyote, like a wolf. Like, and I'm sitting here like, this is a bird. <laughs> like, yes. You know, but, um, but I, I, um, so when you guys met, you did a trip. So it, it looks like it was like a fishing swap. Yeah. So, um, Sammy, uh, told me that she's been to Long Island before. Um, you know, she had like some cousins out there, um, who I actually, did meet like a year oh, ago we did a family fishing trip and Emily yeah we did a family fishing one. trip <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> and I was the plus one for the family trip that's um, a good icebreaker that's a good icebreaker there going on a family trip well, in a big setting no, no no that was that was after we like established oh um, yeah so yes. the icebreaker was um she has never really caught um like fluke or sea bass or any of the saltwater species because she never. is surrounded by fresh water up there so um i kind of said like hey um i don't have a lot of fresh water down here but i have a lot of salt water and you don't have a lot of salt water up there you have a lot of fresh water and we just kind of said you know like hey um you know we come out for a day and do a half day fishing trip out on long island and then you know we'll figure out some kayak fishing up by sammy and you know we we started off with the salt water and um you know that first fishing trip was a blast um you know, we had way too many laughs and, Drink. you know, we learned, well, yes, um, we <laughs> learned a lot of, <laughs> a lot of things. Um, yeah, we made, we made a whole weekend out of it. Um, yeah, I learned you know, how I to tie, down. I learned how to tie fluke rigs. Like I came down there and immediately it was like, Hey, um, I can do this for you. Or do you want to learn how to do it? Like, Sign me up, like teach me all the things. So, yeah, um, we took the truck on the beach and you know nice. we just we had a day we had like a little picnic out there and uh you know they 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 passed the fluke rig tying school um nice <laughs> it's good to totally experience it water. for yourself I, i'm the same way yeah. when i was up there and he was setting traps and i was like do you mind if i do one i just it's better to you know i can watch and you can watch but why not do it yourself that's part of the experience you know more rewarding like she caught her you know her first keeper sea bath and her first keeper fluke on like a rig that she tied like yeah. you know oh, and she learned how to that trip was awesome yeah yeah and then it wound up you know leading to a uh a freshwater trip up with sammy um but but like i don't even remember like half of the lake's names because they're so uh so off like name wise and what i'm used to like i'm used to like round pond long oh, pond gotcha. he's got like scatter scataway well i mean to be fair like an expert um kayak fishing is a lot harder than just fishing from the shore because like you're paddling you might be fighting a little bit of wind yeah like you know you're, you're sitting down so when you're setting a hook you lose so much like momentum yeah, well, it was. Uh, I put you guys on expert. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a trip. I I never did freshwater fishing before. Um, like 
you know, same as I'm not kayak fishing. I just go around like the pond's edge here and there. And you know, that was, that was kind of it every now and then go on a boat, do some freshwater fishing. But it seems like the uh, freshwater boat that I was used to was more for uh, like duck decoy storage and uh, duck hunting than it was freshwater fishing. Yeah, it's a different level when you, I think when you, like, I fish out of a canoe, and uh, that's my jam. Like, I just, I've got a boat and stuff, but it's just, that's for, like, the big decoy spreads, and, and like, you know, if I go hunting and I want to take it to a tree stand, but I usually take the canoe, because I feel like, too, it doesn't affect the fish, fish as much. You know, all my double-digit bass I've caught down here were out of the canoe, and it was literally, you know, in, in tributaries that you couldn't even get a boat in, into, so... <clears throat> so and you guys also did a turkey hunt together yeah i mean if, if sammy wants to you know lead into that one because um you know you just mentioned your you know double digit you know double digit bass and ironically <laughs> that was her you know personal best bass too oh so. nice nice then that's a great segue during, during okay. that during that trip <laughs> was, um, our turkey hunt. um so I guess, I mean, what came from and uh, doing some deer hunting with Emily. Um, and then after, um, Em came up and did a little bit of turkey hunting uh, with, with me and we, we hiked like 25 miles in what was it, four days. It was four days. And let me tell you, I'm a Long Island girl. I am not used to elevation. So that 25 miles to me up and down this mountain was like oh, yeah. 50 they, miles walking they were not. They were not just 25, 25 mountain miles, which hit so different. Um, um, we got, it was like, it was our second to last day upstate. And Emily and I went to um, a pond up there that I had never fished before because Joey's always been like, oh, there's, you know, I've heard there's big fish in there, but I've never really seen any, like, you know, and just like always brushed it off. So I never went. Um, Emily and I went by ourselves. And it was, it was kind of like, a, all right, kids, go have fun while I have a couple drinks. Like, goodbye. Right. Like, I felt like she was like, all right, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, they were tired. Yeah, they were tired of the ladies at camp. So we went down, down to this pond by ourselves, and because she must have been on a bed, so she didn't really fight all that much. So I think I'm stuck on thing, I'm pulling it in, and it's like my like you could literally shove two fists into this bass's mouth it was insane oh wow big bucket <laughs> mouth and then i spent like the whole trip looking for one little pumpkin seed just so i wouldn't get out fished i <laughs> just need a bluegill throw on the rooster tail yeah yeah just something so i wouldn't get out fished but her, her face at all like she was so happy like i, I still have like that face imprinted on me and like her first Long Island like deer imprinted on me where like it was just like Damn, you better come here you gotta come here now and like I'm like figure like all right yeah I'm like down the pond's edge a little bit I'm like oh, all right like thinking like you know it's 
just the, you know, regular, you know, two pound bass. And I look over and I was like, oh, shit. And like, I like threw the rod on the picnic table and I was like, nope, wait, okay, this is two person ordeal. And uh, it was very hefty girl. I don't know what just happened. I'm sorry. Oh, you're you're all good. I got your back on. But I mean, that definitely sounds like a like a great experience, especially something like that. That's crazy. It's crazy on how those you do those hunt swaps, those hunt links, and and something like that happens. Uh, you know, I know in a lot of the ones I've been on, you either catch a, you know, I I took two guys down here turkey hunting, and one of them got a bird, and the other one didn't. So I was like, well, let's go bass fishing. We have really good bass fishing here. And uh, he got a nice one. He got like a nice four, you know, it's like a four or five pound bass. But to him, they don't have the bass like that where he lives. So mm-hmm. he was he was all excited. I, I can just picture your face because I remember his. And it's definitely exciting when you get to experience those types of wins with each other too. Yeah, no, it was it definitely made it all the better, like, to share it with her. Yeah, and yeah. Then- I mean, you got your personal best bass. I got my first turkey. So, I mean, oh, yeah. all around. The next day, um, Joey wanted to sleep in. He was like, it's Emily's last day here. You know, why are we going to grind it out? He was thinking we were going to sleep through our alarm. But Emily and I, like, shot up when that alarm went off. And we were ready to go. And (laughs) that morning, like, Emily shot her first bird. And it was, I don't know. I, I can't put that experience into words, like, watching your face after and then like your disappointment that it didn't do the flop well so sammy was talking about this turkey flow and i honestly i thought i missed um i was shaking i was so unprepared for this turkey hunt in the grand scheme of things like i didn't realize exactly how still you have to stay and even though you have a thermosel like there's like bugs flying at you and um I had Joey next to me, who was probably like, I don't know, he was only like two or three feet away from me sitting against the stone wall with me. And like, I couldn't even hear him like when he said, do you want to double up? Like yeah. he said, they're coming. And I saw like one birds. head. It was two birds yeah. together. I saw like one head and like the adrenaline hit and I didn't even know what he said. Like, but he told me after he was like after I shot he's like well I guess you don't want to double up and he stood up and I was like what are you doing I missed and he was like you didn't miss <laughs> and yeah. uh she put I, such I, a good hit on this bird that this bird did not flop this bird just dropped dropped <laughs> oh man <laughs> and she, she was like wait but it didn't do the flop and I'm like yeah because you nailed it yeah, he's, he's gone. He he didn't. No suffering on that one. That was the most ethical kill ever. <laughs> well, I went I went through like four days of like learning how to turkey call, like learning how to figure out where they go, learning how to roost, and like I went turkey hunting once before, and like I didn't learn squat. Like I hate when people like just put a gun in your hand and say, here you go, just shoot when I tell you to shoot. And that's exactly what happened. And that's not how my brain works. Like, I want to learn. I want to know what you're doing. And, like, you know, Joey and Sammy, they took a lot of time to actually, like, teach me and, like, teach me the ways of this mystical walnut brain bird. And uh, I think that's, like, a big point of, like, question through all of this is, like, so many people are just, like, hey, do this, 
buy this and buy that or, you know, sit here instead of here. And they yeah. don't take the time to yeah. walk you through it. And I don't know. For I know that bothers me. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe I projected a little bit. But knowing that that bothers me, I think, like, we took extra care with Emily to be like, and this is why the turkeys move this way or, you know, this is why you make this call at such and such a time or you know this is what a locator call is for like just everything we really i mean we wanted you to learn yeah i mean i feel like that's you know, like my first season hunting was only a half season and um like it was kind of same thing i got thrown up in a tree stand told exactly where to sit like when to sit like which tree stand to sit in and which land and then after that half season i was like all right you're on your own. I'm babying your like, Go out there, put on your big girl pants, and you know, come home with a deer. And uh, like, that's the kind of learning that I want. And you know, Sammy and Joey did all that. They, you know, made sure that I'm pretty sure I asked like six thousand questions. Um, and I'm pretty sure they were like, this this chick. Why did we bring her 29 miles up this freaking mountain? Um, that was never a conversation in my head. So, <laughs> well, you know those those are actually you know as many hunt links as I've been on. You guys definitely did it right, and I've I've been trying to uh, we've been trying at Service Side to um, really you know explain to people like what those hunt links are, and some people get it. Like it seems like you guys get it. Everyone I've been with except uh, maybe two of them didn't get it. Um, but I mean, as many as I've been on, that's, that's not crazy, but that's one thing is you, a hunt link's about so much more than, uh, you know, here, come hunt my lease and there's, you know, go sit in this tree stand and, you know, when it comes out, shoot it, there's so much more to it. And when you get to actually dive into it and do that, you know, even when I was in Minnesota, when Greg started doing that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a good hunt link. Soon as he was telling me why we were going to deer hunt in the spot we were deer hunting the next day, I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, like, this is going to be perfect. Like, I, we're already on the same page. So I totally get it. And I'm glad that when you guys met, that was something you meshed because that's a huge thing. You know, that's my number one rule with the hunt link is you have to get to know each other and you kind of got to, because some people don't want to learn. Some people want to get put in that tree stand and just shoot something and then go home and they're fine. I know people that want to hunt till, you know, 9, 30, 10, they're ready to go out for lunch. You know, they're, they're ready to go get a hot meal. They're ready to go take a nap and they're ready to come back at like two. Everyone hunts differently. Um, so some people, when I'm like that, I'm like, Hey, I always say, we're not going to do much hunting. I'm just going to film. Cause that's normally when I, when I hunt with someone that's ready to call it at like nine thirty ten, and then come back at two. But, um, you know, it's, it's nice that you guys did that. And, and it, I'm glad you, I don't want to say did it the right way, but that's the way I always picture it in my head is being done the right way is explaining it. Because let's say you didn't get a bird or let's say you didn't catch a fish. You both know a lot more than when you started so you're gonna be able to either make something happen or get really close on, on your own yeah i mean i don't i don't know if i can speak for sammy on this but i almost um personally i feel like the uh the fishing um because it was ideally a fishing spot before because we met in the summer and it was just kind of like these promises of hunting and i was kind of like all right let's see how this goes through like let's see if you know she keeps up on her word and um i kind of feel like the fishing was an intro to it because at the same time yeah i'm relying on her to you know put me in a kayak and put me on fish but at the same time is she gonna take 
time to teach me. And I mean, when I went up there, her and Joey, um, you know, it's not very often you have somebody as serious into fishing as Joey is, at least freshwater fishing. Um, Cause I was very serious in saltwater fishing. Open up their tackle box and just start saying like, all right, you know, you're new to this. You want this color and this for, you know, this oh, yeah. type of water. We made, we made you and Julia like personalized little tackle boxes to like take out with you on the water like, oh yeah, like yeah. Some hot like some hot spot lures and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. so like, i felt like that kind of for success and like we're gonna do everything but land the fish for you like we're gonna you know show you well i mean we'll let you figure some stuff out you might you might even figure some stuff out that we haven't but we're also like not gonna give you the wrong color for the lake but, or the water yeah. clarity or the you know light penetration like we're gonna set you up for success and you know that's what keeps people coming back if you i went- feel like that though like proved that um like a hunt like an actual hunt swap because you know as, as much as fishing is fun i feel like we're both definitely put more effort into the hunting um aspect of things Absolutely. i feel like that was kind of more of an insight of all right i'm not gonna go up there take this weekend off of work and be told like you know sit here against this tree pull the trigger when i say pull the trigger yeah. um yeah and when sammy came down on long island uh sammy and joey for their first long island hunt um although she did shoot a deer out of my stand it was a lot of like all right um you know we talked about like, the land yeah we talked about um you know all the wind directions what i was noticing for deer patterns and what we were noticing um you know, just just driving around because Long Island's a totally different ball game. Um, if you ever get a chance to go out there and hunt, do it, Justin. You won't regret it. Um, Absolutely you, not. It's, it's you thing. literally, I would walk out, um, you know, the door and have a pot of does, you know, ten yards away, unfazed. And you know, you could, you just got really, really good at patterning these does because I hunted where I worked and I worked where I hunted, so you know, I had pretty much 24 hour like access and you know to this intel of these deer movements and you know just kind of just kind of talking it through with all of them and you know that that same trip uh sammy went out on her own and you know or was it the next trip that sam no yeah it was the next trip sammy went out on her own and yeah you know she was able to you know kind of kind of get a lay of the land of things and you know, I, I know that that first doe is uh, is pretty important to her. Um, actually, kind of oh, kind of yeah. funny story with that one. Oh, um, okay, so yeah, we we just drove down to like we were in a car for I don't know. It was like it wasn't the worst traffic we could have hit, but it still took us every bit of like three hours to get there. Um, Emily was like, "What do you want to do?" Like. We can grab a bite to eat. We can hang out. We can hunt it hard tomorrow morning. But it was like one o'clock. It was, um, was it rutcation? It was like early November, right? It was, yeah, it was, it was rutcation. Um, (laughs) and she was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, um, I want to get in the stand. Like, let's go. She's like, we, and Joey and I both brought our climbers but it was really hot we've been having these really hot early novembers up here which are 
and hot for us is like 70 degrees. Um, and it's kind of brutal, but Em was like, listen, I will, I'll get you to a stand if that's what you want to do. I was like, hell yeah. Like, let's go. Let's, let's start this vacation off. Um, and Emily basically said, shoot whatever makes you happy. There are so many deer here. Just, you know, just have fun. Um, so I shot a doe, what, an hour after getting into the stand. Um, it wasn't even, it was like 45 minutes and a half hour in. Yeah, it was, it was gross. It was really fast. Like I'm just sitting up there and like, there's this deer that comes in and, you know, in my head, I'm like, do I shoot it? Do I wait? And I was like, and I've always been told don't pass on your first day, what you would shoot on your last day. Anytime I've traveled and hunted, like people have said that. And it, it really, in that moment, I was like, I would shoot this my last hour here. So I just, you know, and I, I hunted as Emily hunted. Emily doesn't stand up when she hunts out of hang-ons, which was always weird to me. Like I was taught to stand up and shoot, but Emily shoots sitting down. So it was kind of cool. Like I didn't, I didn't stand. That was the first doe I ever shot sitting down in a hang on stand. And that's my first Long Island deer. Um, but when I was voice to texting Emily and Joey after, because I'm shaking, um, it, instead of I just crushed a doe, it came out as I just crushed a towel. <laughs> so I, I looked at this text and I was, I'm still sitting in the tree and I'm like, all right. I, I heard a little bit of commotion, but not enough for me to be like, all right, Sammy shot something because I, I hung it on a golf course. So, you know, it's not unusual to hear commotion. So it's like, all right, you know, must be a Sammy Joey inside joke. And I put the phone in my pocket and then Joey picked up his phone and said, uh, must be a joke between my wife and Emily and put the phone back in his pocket. <laughs> so we both just like completely like brushed this off. It's like, oh yeah. Must be. I, I watched this deer hook it into a woodlot, literally like just doing everything that you want a deer to do when you hit it and fall over. And I'm so excited. And like, I can't understand why my fiance at the time and my new best friend are not like cheering for me. <laughs> and then I looked down and realized what I sent them. Oh. I was, I was just salty. You shot the first deer out of my brand new stand placement. Let's be real. <laughs> well, listen, I literally, I put in a great place. I put that stand up like probably about two days before they got there. I was like, you know what? Just in case they don't want to do the climber, let me set up an extra stand just in case. Um, and it was right by this pond too. And it was a pretty sketchy spot because if you shot the deer, they could easily fall into this pond, like down this embankment. And, uh, I've had that happen, and thankfully she jumped back out. But I, I sat there, I was like, yeah, okay, like, you know, we set it all up, called it good. Um, that way I had three, like, hang-on stands. And then it also didn't click to me that not everybody sits down when they shoot. So I had the cover that was perfect for if I was sitting down rather than standing. And... I forgot about that part. If I stood up, there would have been a branch that hit me in the head. Hmm. Yeah, branch. You would have had a couple, couple knots in the trees blocking your shot placement. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, no, she uh, she broke in that new stand. And that was a very, very profitable band for me um, going forward. Like, I just kind of threw it up there. as like, all right, I don't really know exactly when the deer are coming by here. I just always see them in the area. Like, you know, let's just put it up there just for some giggles, see what happens. Because, um, you know, it's I'll put up a stand, sit in it a couple times, not like it, you know, move it. Um, I had not that many cameras out there because I couldn't have cameras where I wanted them because again, it was a golf course. I had to abide by some of these, some of these rules that were set, you know, and contingent for me hunting there. I don't think these people would want their picture taken. And that was kind of a late season stand too. So just to throw it up and know that, you know, she sat there within a half hour or something was down. It was pretty, uh, pretty fun. Oh, no, that, that, is that is solid. Yeah, that was, that, that set the tone for that adventure. It does, <laughs> yeah, No, too. it was, it it was that trip you, you shot that one that ran into the foxholes. And, and so the other thing is hunting with Sammy is also a lot of, like, hunting with myself. Like, I feel like I'm having conversations with her that I have in my head after the we, shot every time. Yeah, we have a lot of the same mental battles, I think, when it comes to, like, the, um, okay, run that back. Where was my shot? Where did she run or it, where did he run? Like, um, what direction? What's over there? Um, downhill, uphill, water, thick stuff. Like, and just, it's mostly the how long do I wait based on where I shot that like when we're by ourselves, we seem to understand and grasp very well. But when we're oh, together, together, yeah, yeah. When you, put, you put us together and we don't like, we don't help each other in that moment. We're just like, yeah, yeah. Just, just keep looking for a little more blood over there and everything should be fine. Or, Hey, you know, let's back out and come back tomorrow. Even when like, one of us knows exactly where the shot is and we've made that shot before and we know that deer is like dead 50 yards from us <laughs> it's well it's, so it's you also have this mentality with like um you know the coyotes and whatnot the predators and right. we don't have coyotes on long island this is my first time hunting woods with coyotes so that was a big big struggle just to get you to back out for a night oh, and yeah the the mental block of what if something gets to my deer and like acknowledging that where emily hunts the worst thing that could happen is a fox is gonna bite the tail off and run away with it oh i gotcha well like, that's good I... you don't have a huge predator population but it sounds like you got a pretty big deer population because of that too yeah yeah there's there's a lot they're like cockroaches out there i i just moved to connecticut um in june so this is my first season dealing with like uh big woods um you know deer that are overly sensitive to you know smell that are acting like actual deer and coyotes and i'm not gonna lie the first time i hunted i heard coyotes and like it wasn't even sunset yet like just getting the sunset, that I heard the coyotes and I literally like got down and walked back to the truck. I was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, not dealing with this. Well, <laughs> and, you, uh, you guys have bears though, right? In both your states? Yes, but I not think... on Long Island. Oh well, really? Now, now, yeah. Yeah, now I do. Yeah. But do you now I have bears, like... mountain lions. But you guys don't have a season in Connecticut for black bear, right? 
I'm not sure. I've, I've never looked into it. Um, I don't plan on hunting bear, so I just honestly never really checked the uh, the rules and regs for that. I know we don't. There's a, there's a lot of states, and there's a lot of states on the East Coast that don't, but, I mean, yeah, the predators, try coming down to Florida. We got crazy. You got a pythons, gators, panthers. There's. I tried moving down to Florida, like, quite some time ago with my dad, and our First day in a rental house, um, again, Long Island girl, never seen a bobcat before in my life. A bobcat was chilling in the backyard, and I had no idea what to do. I was like, I've never seen one of these before. Like, I don't know, like, what its reaction is going to be, because nothing on Long Island can really, like, hurt you all that bad animal-wise. Like, you're not going to have a bear climbing up the tree. You're not going to have coyotes falling out of woods, like... Right. You know, it's pretty relaxing. So, like, my first time in Florida, so, you know, I saw about okay, I was like, oh, my God, what is that? And it took me a second to figure out what it is. And, like, you guys have such a diverse, like, hunting, like, Oh, yeah. People think it's just beach. There. They think Disney World and they think palm no. trees and beach. And I'm like, there are no, more species. So we have so much stuff. And what's crazy is we have invasive stuff, too. So, on top of that, we get new seasons. I mean, they, they have all kinds of invasive fishing and hunting so like it's i I was sleeping on it for a while when i moved here because i I was like oh this is just where you come to fish and then after i started digging into the rules and regs and like what you could do and i was like oh my gosh like i've been i've been neglecting this and now i'd rather hunt my state than any other state like i love going to other states but it's nothing like hunting in the backyard you know yeah the diversity in florida is crazy but so we're, we're cutting on about an hour here, but this is something that I really wanted to get into because we had talked about, um, equipment, which we kind of got into it a little bit when you guys were talking about, uh, taking the deer out of the stands and, and taking the turkey. But, um, let's, you know, we had put in this in parentheses, we had put, make it, make it known that it's not about camo. So it's definitely not going to be about camo. <laughs> uh, you know, that's something I don't care about. I'm sure you guys don't care about. Uh, we wanted to talk about what what are you guys using as far as equipment, um, you know, and I don't I don't know if I want to say like in the female realm, but I mean we already kind of see uh, in the male realm what everyone's using, and that's what everyone talks about. But you don't really see like what are you both using to be successful? I mean, I started hunting uh, with a youth bow. It was actually um, Joey's one of his first bows um so that was like passed down onto me and having a short draw length like that fit me perfectly um it was like an old browning bow that we just like changed the strings on and had the limbs checked and it was great um but i bought my first adult bow i guess uh coming on five years or so ago and um it's the matthews avail uh, which they don't make anymore they now have uh, the prima but, um, yeah, I, I love that. I love that bow so much. It's basically like they, sh- they pretty much shrunk, um, their flagship male bow, but it's, I have a 24 inch draw. Um, I'm only shooting like 50 pounds, which in New York state, you only need 35 for big game. So it's, it, it gets the job done and I'm not putting that bow down for quite some time oh yeah for sure i mean you both are constantly dropping bodies i mean it's it's definitely getting it done for sure and it, yeah, what, I, um, yeah what do you got going I, on i started off with a psa um 
a little like little youth bow and uh the limb actually cracked on that and at the time I didn't grasp how like lucky I was that I just happened to stop shooting after like 10 arrows and I didn't go to 11. Um so I upgraded to or I shouldn't say upgraded um I purchased the diamond and I wasn't too thrilled with it and after doing a lot of research I realized there wasn't a ton of um female bows on the market at that time I think there was only like four um there was which one do you have Sammy the Prima you, the Avail you have, Avail. no I have the Avail now there's the, the Avail yeah yeah it was like the Avail the Carbon Rose the Eva Shockey and whatever Hoyt one there was Hoyt actually didn't um get it I think they were one of the last ones in the game um yeah the yeah they were so I only had four options to really pick from, and I found in uh, Tampa. Um, I don't know where you are in Florida, but I I'm went to Adventures right Archery. Tampa. I went to Adventures Archery, the one with the giant target and the giant arrow I like, as the building. I actually know exactly where that's at. <laughs> I went there. They had a bunch of you know females on the staff, and um, we actually had really really good conversation. I still have my card, actually my punch card from like six years ago, seven years ago, where it says like. All right, like you come, you come like ten times. You get like the eleventh, you know, eleventh hour free. Um, so we were talking, and um, you know, kind of just hey, there's only you know four options. Um, so long story short, I picked the Eva Shockey uh, just because the FPF was a little bit better. Um, I just felt more comfortable in my hand. I didn't want a purple bow, you know. I didn't want all these silly little colors. Yeah, I wanted you didn't to... want pink with rhinestones and. No, uh, no, what, what it's really Huntress, hashtag Huntress. It's totally yeah. why I like the Avail so much because I blacked that out and it's just. <laughs> I don't think they even had the Avail in store. Um, I don't know if they were a Matthews carrier then, but I bought my um, my Eva Shockey in Florida, and that bow came back to New York with me. I've dropped you know countless gear with it. Um, you know, shot I don't know how many rounds through it. And actually last season, um, it was the only time that I had to cut my season short at the end of January. I had like two weeks left. And um, I was pulling back um, every season. I try to work on something. And last year I was trying to work on ground stalking. And I was drawn up on a doe and I said, all right, I don't really like this shot. She's just quartering a little bit too much for my liking. And I let down. And I don't know what happened. The like strings snapped off the cams, like the cams bent. Um, and when I got looked at at the bow shop, he said, you know, all right, it kind of looks like somebody like, you know, picked this up and you weren't looking at it and like pulled it back or something. I don't know exactly what happened. Um, like someone dry fired it on you or something. It almost, yeah, it's pretty much what they said. But anyway, um, I upgraded to the Bowtech Solution SD, which is actually really adjustable um you know they had a lot more women's options this time so i actually had to like sit down and do like hours upon hours of research of what this new bow would be and um you know you I, went I was from four at the, options to to having to research you i know i went there and I, was like, I was like oh my god next. <laughs> you well, and, and i was like now i have options yeah and then i have people telling me to get um like a men's bow just because like my like sex 
interested in it, sort of, but not realizing that I'm at the bare minimum for draw length, so I'm not going to get the power that I want. And, like, I, it was just like, I said, well, now I have the complete opposite problem. And now I guess I get to do hours upon hours of research. Well, this is, this is kind of why we didn't want to talk about the camo, too, because we went from having no options to a thousand, and it's like, <laughs> well, now what? Yeah, <laughs> and it's no. almost like, yeah, yeah, so it's like two totally different ends of the spectrum, and like, it was enough. nice, though. Right. It was nice, like, being able to pick up, like, six different bows and shoot them, <laughs> rather than, like, all right, I have... The one on the left or the one on the right, which one do you want in the box? Because they're essentially both the same. And you right. sit there and you look at it and you're like, well, I don't want purple cans, so I want blue cans, so I'll take that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of kind of what it was like. So this time around, it was definitely, definitely a lot nicer. Um, and the technology, too, and all of it, that's so crazy. Um, like the deadlock system, the adjustability. Um, Matthews had a lot of good stuff going on with their bows. Do you feel like oh, they're yeah. starting to target or uh, maybe not even target when you have to be the word, but a lesser word of like, do you feel like they're starting to provide more options for, for females as far as it's hunting goes? I mean, it's, it's, I like a, it's like adapt or die though. I mean, women are the fastest demographic growing in the hunting industry right now. And if you're not going to put out the bare minimum for us, I don't know how a lot of companies are going to survive honestly yeah i mean that's true i've looked at the analytics too on on our socials and things like that and you know i remember i remember looking at them and it'd be 89 percent male you know and the rest female or it'd be five percent female and 95 percent male and now it's like 30 you know 30 70 and it's changed and at one time it was it was it was even to the point where it was almost 50-50, and I was like, oh, man, that's close, you know? It's like 60-40, and I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's definitely changing as far as analytics. I don't I don't know if maybe, like, social media kind of, like, just maybe just put it out there more of, like, the confidence of, like, you know what? I don't, I don't ju like you said, I don't just have to be put in a stand. I can actually go and do do kind of my own thing and, you know, learn my area and things like that. I think we're also just making our voice more heard too i mean a lot a lot of women who do hunt um i feel like on social media too are a little quiet um they always go with like oh okay i was told this and i see a lot of women shooting men's bows and like not properly understanding the equipment and how it works and like yeah okay you have a men's bow where it says you know the fps on it is you know x but you're not right. getting f at a 23 inch draw length like yes it can go that low and i just feel like you know there are a lot more women who are saying like hey no we kind of know what we want when we want it and you know you're either gonna give it to us or like sammy said like adapt or you know fall off Oh yeah, and I think that's kind of <laughs> yeah. I think that's kind of why I leaned more towards Botech because they had all of you know they had the most options back when I was first bow shopping, and I did look and notice that they're doing the same technology in the women's bow, like that deadlock cam system. They're doing that in the men's bows, in the women's bows. Like they're not just giving us like, hey, here you go, have fun, like. Yeah. 
that's you the, know, that's they're wait, like not all the stuff that's put out there for women is created equal. Yeah, like they're at least attempting to make it equal. And while I didn't go with a woman's bow per se, um, it was still the same specs as the Eva Shockey. Um, I think it just had a little bit higher FPS, like by 10, um, which doesn't affect me at all. Um, they essentially shot the same, weighed the same. Um, it was just more so, hey, this was offered in all black. Which is yeah. what I wanted. <laughs> that was that was purple, blue, or pink. We were, we were talking about rhinestones before, <laughs> and like, yeah, like essentially, right. like it dialed down. To I just don't understand, like, why you. And you know, I always thought that when I when I seen like you know I wanted to get Christy like a pistol, and like I'm looking at you know you know just I don't want to say female pistols, but like a cal- smaller caliber that she because she doesn't like shooting big loud she doesn't need all that she needs a 22 or a 38 or something and it was crazy because everything was pink and colored and i'm like she doesn't she don't want that she even straight said like i don't want something like that like who wants to carry something like that around i'm just surprised that they wouldn't do just camo or forest green or i feel like they would sell more (laughs) you know oh joey has a forest green it's a sig and if i had the wherewithal to like make a prenup at the time like that that gun would have been in it like i love it it's just beautiful and it's yeah it's like a hunter green it's amazing it's but you have them out there now they're like they're like the tiffany blue they're pink and like yeah that's i mean that's great for some people like i'm not gonna get like that'd be great for like target shooting or like showing or like a carry permit but like for hunting yeah. like come on you know you don't want yeah. no bright pink weapon for hunting unless you're well, doing a Here's the thing with that, though, and this is where, like, I don't know, I might lose some people, but the red, <laughs> the red spectrum and pink being on that, that's, that falls into the, the orange, the all the things that, like, deer can't see very well. <laughs> so, oh, really? Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Here I am killing it with a blue bow for how many years? Well, yeah, well, actually, like, the blue, purples, like, they're on the violet spectrum that deer can actually see. So, like, deer, deer don't see the pinks, the oranges, the reds. They see better, actually, like, the blues and the purples. Hmm. Well, so uh, pink, pink as a women's trim on camo and all that stuff, like, I'm actually all about it. Like, rock on, because deer don't see that. Oh, I didn't I didn't know that. I'm glad you, you brought that up, because I, I just assumed, like, it being a bright pink that it just wouldn't go. But I guess pink camo, I mean, I guess that's why they make it then. Yep. It, it actually is really functional. So, like I said, I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum on that. Like, I just, <laughs> I just don't want you to shrink it and pink it for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. No rhinestones for me. Hold the rhinestones. No. <laughs> so, what are you guys doing as far as, like, arrows uh, and broadheads? Um, I feel like every season I get an arrow, like, set down. Um they discontinue it. Oh, <laughs> so, really? Dang. I, I have changed Arrow brands, I think, um, yeah, probably about four seasons in a row now. Um, what are you shooting now, um, I'm shooting Easton's. I couldn't even tell you, like, this is, um, I, I didn't even remember the, um, like the model of it to be honest 
um i just went to the archery shop and they were like oh yeah all we carry is Easton's," and i was like perfect because my gold tips got discontinued uh like the model gold tips and i just like looked at them i was like all right yeah these are you know probably gonna be discontinued by like next month with my look so i might as well just tuck them in the quiver and shoot them until i don't have them anymore um i went from carbon express to gold tip sammy got me on the gold tips and those really improved my shot game and uh of course i got really into the hunters and uh they discontinued like the hunter pros and the only ones I could find were the regular hunters, which just didn't fly the same with my new bow or with my old bow when I had them. So I kind of kind of knew I would have to switch. And uh, Andrew got into archery, so we went to an archery shop, and they had Easton's there. And thankfully, you know, for a pretty pretty good price, we got set up. And the new bow really, really liked shooting the Easton's a lot better than did the gold tips. So well, there you go. Yeah, and I'm still shooting. Well, the, the Gold Tip Hunter Pros, I'm still able to find on eBay. So until they go the way of the Gold Tip Hunter XT, which I stopped being able to find, <laughs> um, I think I'm going to be sticking with those for a bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. Never never had a problem with Gold Tips. The Avail likes them. My old bow liked them. Well, but... I actually have one of your, one of your arrows here for oh, when yeah. you need it. I'll send it to you, five dollars shipping. Yeah, you're so funny. Yeah, Emily and I could not, for the life of me, figure it out if I missed a deer or what happened. Um, my last trip out there, um, she was like, "I'm pretty sure you hit it because someone saw an arrow in a deer," and I was like, "No, I'm pretty sure I clean missed it." And sure enough, a few months later, she finds my arrow. <laughs> With nothing on it, <laughs> so clean miss. I can't and remember. we did see the deer after with the arrow still in its butt, so it definitely was not the deer that sent. I shot. did. I <laughs> did not shoot a deer in the butt. Somebody else did. That was not. That was not me. Somebody else had a very poor shot. I felt bad. Yeah, I honestly, wrong. like I tried. I tried to find that deer last year. I was on. Um, I don't know really how to describe it other than like cleanup crew pest control. Um, 90% of my deer were deer with injuries, broken legs, um, oh, malnourished. Nice. I went, I was just like eradicating and like, you know, for the better of the herd, pretty much. Um, you know, I had, like I said, I had the two does in the beginning of the season and I had the buck and that was pretty much all that I took that, um, I like could save meat off of. Like, it was almost like pity crew. Like I was just going around and you know, all these, and I looked for that one deer with the arrow because I felt so bad. Like, you know, one of the guys on the crowd was like, yeah, I saw a deer running around with an arrow in his butt. And I was like, oh, oh man. It's and, like, I saw it again, like, driving through the course. And I was like, oh, man, I got to try and find And I tried looking so hard for it and uh, never never knew what happened to it. Um, you know, unfortunately, it fell off the radar. But, I mean, that, that does happen. We have our biggest predator for deer on Long Island is cars. So there's a lot of them that just, you know, missing limbs, broken limbs, hobbling around. And there's some quite sickly looking ones last year. Yeah, I think you and I have that in common when it comes to like, if we see a deer that is wounded, or if we see a deer that looks like it got hit by a car or something like that, like, 
it tugs at the heartstrings. Like I can't let a deer like that walk around. Oh no, not not at all. I'll I'll fill a tag with that. If I, if I have the Absolutely. shot and I think I can take it, I'm going to uh, I'm going to get it out of there because that's not the suffering part. And then too, like yeah. like you had said, M with the the herd management, like like you don't know what that you know like I don't know maybe not so much for the car, but if it got sick or if it was malnourished or something was happening, like just take it out for its sake and then for the this you know the better of the population you know yeah we had a really bad uh bout with ehd over the last couple of years um i don't know emily if you had it as bad as we did uh we had it bad um last year was the first year that we had it um and it was bad like i remember texting sammy like i think i just saw the first deer with ehd and it looked like you know a girl after one many shots coming out of the nashville bar um it was not stumbling looking for water like not yeah healthy, like and this year supposedly it's even worse i heard people saying it's you know it's even worse back home yeah we have and, uh, that that works with the state up here that will sometimes give him like doe heads for testing um just because like that's become such an issue here and periodically they like to check the herd so they want to know where the deer came from um what time of year it was shot like they all the specifics um because i mean that's a that's a real part of all this yeah i hear it's really big up north we we don't have that issue down here i've i've never even heard of it uh being an issue so um but i'd always hear up there you know it being a huge issue yeah we didn't like i said we didn't have it last year was the first year that we had it like confirmed and you could smell it oh yeah the the decomp was ridiculous because they they die near um water usually i mean it's like fever so they're like overheating and you know all those all those places like you're your swamps and stuff the the smell was awful now is that from just having like big herds like high deer densities or do they know behind it are so like i mean every every time you read an article on it it's something different like oh we had um a high precipitation year and like the midge flies you know, really needed that to flourish or, oh no, we had a drought year, which concentrated the deer on smaller bodies of water. So they infected each other more rapidly. It's like, well, which one is it guys? Oh no, it's option C. Right. Um, Plum Island, (laughs) uh, Plum Island release it. So there's this research facility called Plum (laughs) Island where they experiment on these animals and just like research the diseases. Um, for some giggles, look up the Montauk monster and you'll like learn a little bit about Plum Island. And, uh, these guys were talking on this Facebook group and they had it in their head, this conspiracy of Plum Island. Oh my God, that was, this yeah, disease you, you sent me the on, of that. that was yeah, crazy. yeah, that they released this disease to these deer on Long Island to control the herds because <laughs> they don't have any natural predators. And that was oh just my like gosh. that's that's with like, us with love bugs. They say that they were created at USF to 
kill the mosquito <laughs> yeah, population. Yeah, so yeah. Right. They yeah. said that Lyme yeah. disease was created on this island, allegedly. So, like, that's like, you know, anytime anything bad comes, like, you know, oh, yeah, it was created on Plum Island. Plum like, Island. I'm just thinking, like, you guys got to be kidding me. Like, you really like... think that they have nothing else better to do than to, I mean, it is the government, but, I mean, you really think nothing else better to do than to release a deer disease yeah, that's we are, already we're, well known. We're recording this uh, one day out from election day, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. All, all conspiracy theories will not impact your voting. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we're late on the draw there. They, I'm sure they already know who won. They probably already had it planned for 10 years. <laughs> so, your vote matters. I'm just kidding. So, um, so as far as... Um, uh, we talked about equipment. You guys were talking about arrows. As far as broadhead, are you guys are you fixed or are you mechanical? I am firmly fixed. Um, have never and probably will never shoot mechanical. Um, for me personally, it's just one more thing that can go wrong. It's one more moving part. Um, and I also shooting shooting fifty pounds. I'm like right at the threshold um, with the mechanicals. So. I, why push it from where I'm sitting? Um, I prefer fixed. I also really like seeing, like, I don't know. My first deer, I could firmly see the imprint of the fixed blade, and, like, I knew exactly what organ I shot. And to me, like, I nerded out a little bit, and that was really cool. So I'll probably never change that, <laughs> primarily because of that. I am, uh... <laughs> I am Rage all the way. Um, has nothing to do with my dog's name. Um, but I just, I don't know. I was always told, you know, I could I could do that with my uh, my poundage. I was at 50 pounds. Um, now I'm up at, you know, closer to 60 pounds. So I shouldn't have the penetration issues um, that, you know, I was having before. But... They get good blood trails, easy to follow blood trails. They don't bucket. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they just fly as accurate as my field tips do for me. Yeah, I'm also shooting a lighter arrow. So, for me, um, it's about, I don't know, just, I don't I don't think I have enough, like, oomph behind it to make a mechanical effective. But... That's just me. So we are rolling on about an hour and a half here. So we'll call we'll call this part one. We'll 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 nip it here, and uh, we'll definitely um, get both of y'all back on. I want to continue this. We won't call it the ladies' night like we had with that webinar. Um, this is just <laughs> topics, you know, that that don't get discussed often. Like you said, it, it, we we want to. Uh, make it so that we talk about more than where to pee and what kind of camo to wear and uh, it looks like now what kind of bow to pick because there's so many which they might actually have to help with that but um, I definitely want to get you guys back on because we had talked about uh, mentoring um, and the importance of that and, and good knowledgeable teaching so I think that would make a really good episode uh, but did you guys have anything else that you wanted to touch on for this one? I mean, I think I'm I'm good for this one. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, I, aside from, you know, getting to know people and making decisions that you feel comfortable with, um, you know, both in the field and who you choose to 
spend your time with or learn from, um, you know, yeah, I, I think sure. that's, that's important. No, it, it definitely is. And, um, you know, it's, as we, you know, some of the things we had mentioned was, you know, times are definitely changing and technology is changing and the way we look at things are changing. And there's just so much changing. And, you know, you either get on the train or you get off, but the train's going. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, more episodes where we talk about, you know, I would have never known, like, you know, y'all's knowledge of, of bows. I've never heard any of that stuff before and that's with someone working in the industry that is around this stuff 24 7 um so there's a lot of perspectives that aren't seen and i think with it growing it's it's definitely a need for it and hopefully this episode helps um anyone really that's that's looking to um you know kind of evolve in their skills or just get out there and meet new people and, and do different types of hunting you know you both went out of your comfort zone and did something different and it paid off and now you're really great friends and lots more adventures to come i'm sure for sure i think the biggest thing is don't be afraid to ask you know ask questions um you know that was kind of a big thing for for me um you know, I was always a little more timid, a little more, you know, shy and didn't really want to ask those questions. Um, but I mean, so much great has come out of it. And there's honestly, you know, with hunting, you're going to find the people who want to help you and you're going to find the people who don't want to put in the time and the effort because you're new and you'll figure that out pretty quickly, um, who you want to align yourself with. But really, there is no terrible question out there in this community. And I found that a lot of people do want to help you and do want to answer those questions. Yeah. Even if you find like one person, you know, in a, in a forum who, um, you know, maybe like the way they responded to someone else's question, or um, I don't know, you feel that from the way they've approached other people, they're not going to be judgmental. You know, they're not going to give you a hard time for your question maybe you're afraid to ask it in a public space. Um, I find that people are a lot more approachable um, in their direct messages. Um, it's not, you know, they don't have to like grandstand for the general public or, right. you know, no one's gonna make like disparaging comments. Like if you see someone who is out there doing something that you would like to do or something that you wanna do better, um, don't be afraid to ask. Um, the amount of women that I've had reach out to me and, you know, just shoot me a message here and there like, hey, I'm doing this. Like, what do you think about this? Or is this a better place for this or whatever? It's I'm I'm here for that. And I think um, I don't want to speak for Emily, too, but I feel like you're also a, a resource. Yeah, I mean, I, I get people asking me all the time, um, you know, I have a couple of girls back home who after the shot before the shot um you know just don't be afraid to reach out what's the worst you just get ignored you know and you just go and ask someone else and you know you'll, you'll get your answer eventually oh yeah um, for sure shoot your shot and you might make a best friend at the end yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, what that's, it's all that's about. Pretty much it. That's that's literally <laughs> what it's all about. I mean, I have my my way of doing it and it's worked of, you know, taking a year plus of, you know, social media and talking and texting and messaging each other and then we end up making it happen and I think everyone needs to just find what works for them and 
what you feel comfortable doing. And there's people that don't want to stay at my house. There's people that do want to get a hotel and there's people that don't want to eat dinner here. They want to go. That's that everyone's different. Every it's, it's always fine. Um, but for the most part, everyone usually meshes and we do really well, but um, definitely going to get both of y'all back on. I think we have a full episode here with talking about mentoring and stuff. And, um, for all those that are listening, if there's any topics that you'd like us to touch more on, um, or you'd like me to get Emily and, uh, Sammy back on for, we can definitely do that. Um, you know, so definitely drop us your questions, um, in the comments, but, uh, whoever wants to go first, where can our listeners reach off? They have any questions or they want to chat, um, as far as your socials go. Um, I would say Instagram is probably the best for me. Um, it is my last name. I'm sure if you just start typing my last name, um, it'll pop up. And I'll put it in the show notes too for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a public profile. I have all my hunting and fishing pictures on there. Um, so not too terribly hard to find. Um, yeah, I would say Instagram is probably also the best for me. Um, I'm at, Sammy Lena. It's really easy. S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-N-A. Um, I'm also on the Thermicide app. Shameless plug for... Oh, yeah. good plug. <laughs> oh, <Nice>. right. <laughs> Solid. Yeah, for sure. We, we, for, for, y- for y'all that don't know, uh, we do have our own hunting app. Um, it is free. Um, if you are a service side member, you get premium access. You get to access the stuff you can access on the website, such as your partner discounts and things like that. But um, the great thing about it is, is it's uncensored. Um, as long as you are not bashing, you're respectful, you're legal and ethical. Those are literally like the only four things you have to do. Um, you can post your pictures of your deer. You can post your pictures of, you know, if you know if you. For example, you, you know, those new broadheads that are out that, you know, decapitate the turkey's head, you know, they <laughs> pretty much replace what a shotgun does, um, you know, but they're doing it with an arrow, like things like that, where, you know, we understand the context of it as hunters. It's not like you went out there and just chopped the head off, you know, like, hey, you know, disrespect this bird. But, um, you know, we're uncensored, so you're able to post your stuff. So, yeah, um, great shout out there. It's literally impossible to get shadow banned on the service side app because when you join, everyone who's on there is automatically following you. Yeah, that and your uh, we we did do that, and um, something we also do is it's our app. So um, I'm the one that watches it. Allie watches it with me, and um, you know we work together. And you know we obviously have to keep. Uh, you know, you guys were talking about stranger danger. Well, I see people all the time that'll sneak on the app and they'll say something like "me like hunt," you know, th- you know, where and I'll look and it actually shows us where the person last logged in, what city they were in, and it'll have like Nigeria or, you know, the Dominican Republic or, you know, I think we had one the other day that was Iceland, somewhere in Iceland. Um, you know, it'll, it'll show us where they logged in. And obviously, you know, I, as, as much as I'd love a service site member in Iceland, we don't, we don't have them. So, <laughs> yeah. and know. that's the behind the scenes stuff that we don't see. So we appreciate that. Oh, there's, um, I keep pretty, pretty, if I'm not looking at it, Allie's looking at it. We have a pretty good system and no one, no one's going to slide through there. Um, unless they, they really, really create a, a very realistic profile. Um, but at that point, we're going to see the comments. We can see every comment that's made, um, you know, because it's not like Facebook where there's billions of people on it. You know, we have a couple thousand. So it's way easier for me to look and be like, okay, this is what the comments are. Everything's cool. Like I said, we don't censor. We don't try to be big brother. But, 
You also want to make sure people have a safe space because we want new hunters to come there. I want females to come ask questions besides what camo to wear. I want youth hunters to, um, you know, be able to, you know, ask any type of question or, or any type of perspective and get either a no response or some type of response. You know, they're not going to get cut in half with, with cruelty and, and, you know, we all know the difference between a joke and cutting someone in half. So, right. But, well, I really appreciate you ladies jumping on here, and uh, we'll definitely do it again soon. Absolutely. Sure. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you. You guys are uh, listening to Whitetail Theories Podcast.